Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Nemophilist. I'm Logan Chartrand, and this week I am very excited to be introducing something new to you all. I have recently partnered with my friends at Langia.com to commit to writing a monthly outdoor-related column for their blog, and I thought, as a compliment to that blog, why not go ahead and record an audio version of it? Um, Similar to the column that I'm writing, maybe consider it like um, my column with flair for the podcast for anyone who doesn't have time or possibly the ability to read the blog. Now, one of the beautiful things about actually reading the column, though, is you'll often be able to link directly to either the exact or similar products that I may mention in my column through the Langea store, since that column is going to be hosted right on their website. Now, I can't promise that it's always going to be this way or in the same structure or format of what the column is starting this month in March, but for my own sanity, since I try to stick a lot of different irons in the fire at the same time, I really want to try to keep the theme of the column focused on three tips, three ideas, three things that you could be doing that month to get outdoors. So this month, for me and what I'm doing, it's all about preparing for turkey season. So my column for Langia.com this month is three things you should do now to prepare for turkey season. Turkey season is less than a month away for everyone in the country. There may be a few states where it's a little over a month, um, but for some, it's coming up here within just a few weeks. If you're like me, you've got a limited time to hunt, usually trying to fill your tags on a weekend or the occasional day off work. And whether you're a seasoned hunter or this year happens to be your first year chasing longbeards, doing these three things right now can help you be prepared for your opening day. So number one on my list is check your gear. Get it together in one spot. Now is the time you should be dragging out your gear, taking stock of what you have and what you still need, or really, let's be honest, want to be prepared for season. I like to keep everything together as much as possible, which definitely makes this step easier. But it's even more necessary to do this if you have gear that splits time between different hunting seasons. If you don't already have one, first things first, get some sort of pack. You don't want to be hunting down gear the night before you're supposed to be hunting down turkeys. Now, I am a vest guy myself, but if a backpack is more your style, absolutely go for it. It's more about having a place to keep your gear than any one particular style. Um, I like the pockets on a vest. I like that I have a lot of pockets up front. I like the attached seat, the game bag on it. Um, and backpacks weren't really all that popular for turkey hunting. Uh, the serious turkey hunters all had turkey vests back in the day. I've had my vest for, couldn't even tell you, it has definitely been 
uh, close to 20 years, if not over 20 years, I've been using the same vest. So get a quality vest or a quality pack. Again, style doesn't really matter. You just want to make sure that you've got a place to keep everything. So then we get into what is it that I am trying to make sure that I have. Regardless of whether I'm going to hunt with a bow or a gun, what I'm looking for are gloves and some sort of face covering. You've got to be able to hide your movement if you want to consistently get turkeys in range. So that's number one for me. That is my top priority. Maybe it's not the most critical thing. I have other really important things that I need to have in my pack to be able to hunt turkeys or to kill a turkey, but absolutely going to make sure that I've got gloves or some sort of face covering. Next, I'm looking for my calls and call accessories. I'm looking for my turkey calls, locator calls, strikers, chalk, sandpaper, whatever I need to not only have my calls, but keep them in good operating condition, which I'll discuss more in my second thing that you can be doing right now. Um, also in my pack, I want to make sure that I have ammo. I'm in a one bird per day state, and I still like to carry six rounds on me, you know, just in case. I've never had to use that many, but I like to have a full load in my gun and then have enough to do another full reload. He said, I've never used all the ammo in even a full season. I probably have some really old ammo in there, but I always want to make sure because you just never know. Next, I'm looking to make sure that I have a headlamp. It's way easier to get in close to where the birds are at in the roost the earlier you show up. Now, I've actually been able to get in and get set up against a roost tree um, unknowingly. Obviously, I don't usually try to get quite that close where I'm setting up on the roost tree by being able to get in early and being prepared for hunting that particular spot. And I'll talk more about that in my third tip. Next is toilet paper. I probably should have listed that one at number two, but wasn't clever enough to do that. Um, but I definitely like to make sure that I have toilet paper in my pack. I've got, uh, I think it might be Charmin. I don't know. I have these little like plastic encased travel rolls that are great. It keeps water moisture out of it. I don't have to worry about the toilet paper getting wet, um, wearing out. It's awesome. Um, for all the reasons that you could imagine, toilet paper is really important to have with you out in the woods. I also like to have a short collapsible stool. Um, I don't know what the name of the stool is that I have. It's got little folding legs, um, a woven mesh top on it. The front legs are a little taller than the back legs. I like to be able to have something that when I get to my tree, I'm not much of a blind hunter in the spring. Uh, certainly with a shotgun, I'd much prefer to be just against a tree. Um, so I like to have that little stool that I can plop down. That keeps my butt up out of the roots, the sticks, the rocks and clods that all cause turkey spooking wiggling and discomfort and make you not want to stick it out when. Maybe the, the right thing to do is stay at the tree, stick and stay, make them pay is a saying, a philosophy that has helped me get a lot of animals tagged. So I love to stick and stay that little collapsible stool or 
like an extra thick closed cell phone pad that even with my turkey vest pad, I can sit down on top of that and get extra comfortable and not be annoyed by all the little small things in the ground that I couldn't get out of the way when I was trying to get my spot set up. Another thing that I like to have in my pack that I check for right now is a small scale and a tape measure because there have been a few birds that I probably would have had mounted had I handled them better in the field, knowing how nice they were. I mean, sure, they looked nice, but kind of have these arbitrary numbers in my head of what makes a trophy turkey to me at this point. And I'm very unlikely to mount any turkeys. I mounted one. I've got a flying turkey mount on my wall. The thing's like four foot by four foot. It was ungodly expensive. It looks awesome. But if you are looking to have a turkey mounted, or if you are the type who participates in turkey contests and you want to know in the field right away how much that bird weighs, how long the spurs are, how long that beard or beards are on that bird, having some sort of little scale and a tape measure is awesome. Not necessary to help you kill a turkey, but definitely something that I do like to keep in my pack. The final thing that I like to make sure is with my vest is that I always use a clip-on padded gun rest that goes over your knee. I keep that clipped around the armhole on one side of my vest have it with me all the time. It doesn't take up room in a pocket where I get wherever I'm going to set up. I can unclip it quickly, put it around my left knee. That way, when I sit down, I can tuck the butt of my shotgun under my right armpit, rest the gun in this little V groove that's on this camo covered foam pad. And it prevents the gun from either slipping off of my knee and having to rush to grab it or having real quick movements, um, anything that might possibly scare a turkey. It also keeps the gun from digging into my knees. Even when I've used padded slings, I often now use a rubberized sling on all my guns. But even when I used a padded sling, after a certain amount of time, um, especially like I use a Remington 870. The feed port on the bottom of the gun can really start to dig into the top of a kneecap and get uncomfortable. And then you're moving the gun back and forth so many times where there may be movement. You didn't realize there was a turkey in the area and it ends up spooking the bird off. You may not even know that you spooked a bird. I like to eliminate anything that could possibly have to cause me to move unnecessarily. So I love that little clip on added gun rest. As season approaches, I'll definitely add other items to my pack. I mean, I'm not going hunting without a bottle of water or something to drink. I like a little uh, wireless charging pack, one of those portable charging packs. I keep one of those in my vest all the time during hunting season. Maybe a video camera, if not, definitely my little Canon. Um, G5X Mark II. I love having this little point and shoot camera to go along with my nicer, bigger DSLR cameras. Uh, so I'll add that to my pack as we get closer to season. But those things that I just mentioned are the things that I'm not going hunting without. If you're the type who uses decoys or hunts from a portable blind, 
Now is also the time to drag those out. Set them up. Yes, set up your decoys. I live in the suburbs. I will go out each year. I'm not a huge decoy user, especially when I'm hunting with a shotgun. I may use them more if I'm archery hunting. But I will go out in my front yard and put the stakes in the ground, set the decoys up, let the sun get on them. Um, I do use higher quality decoys now. I used to use like the old foam versions or I had like some collapsible light plastic ones. And they always ended up getting folded up because I would fold them up to put them in the game pouch on the back of my vest to carry with me. So when I would put them out the first time each season, I'd have this bird that was on like a 90 degree angle. The bird was facing one way, but looking, its tail was facing one way, but it was looking off to the side. Um, so I learned to use this time before season to get those decoys out. If they've been folded up, smashed up, let them regain their shape and make sure they're in good condition, that you have all the stakes for them, that you don't need to replace anything. Same thing with your portable blind. Get it out. Pop it up. Make sure that you have all the stakes or tie-down straps. Make sure that it's still in good condition. The last thing you want to do is be out in the woods trying to set up this blind, certainly if it's during season, struggling with it. Get it all set up just to realize it's not going to work for you. So check those things now while you still have time before season so that you have time to replace them if necessary and be prepared for opening day. Once I've got everything in my pack checked out, I know I'm good there or I know what I need to replace. Um, I mentioned calls before. Now is the time to refresh or restock your calls. Personally, I carry with me two pot calls with two strikers, uh, two different types of strikers, two different heads on them, two different um, wooden plugs on the end, different weights, so I can get two different sounds from each call. I carry a box call. I usually will also have three to five diaphragm calls in addition to a small owl hooter and a crow call when I need to use a locator. Now, I'll be real honest with you. I carry my locator calls. I carry all those calls. Um, rarely do I use my locator calls. You can do the old whoo, whatever you want from the top of a ridge. Um, you can use the call. I'm very lucky that most of the places I hunt now, I have hunted in these spots for several years. I know where the birds are going to be, but I'll get to that more in the third tip. Uh, so back to the calls. I love my pot calls. I make my own pot calls. I can make them to be just the sounds that I want. They purr, they cluck, they yelp. They do all of these things so beautifully. But I tend to rely most heavily on diaphragm calls. Because I mostly work birds on diaphragms and I'm and if it's not broke don't fix it type, I find I usually wear them out after about 2 or 3 seasons. I have some that I've pushed further, but man, they're like the old ratty underwear that you just don't give up and can't replace. You know you need to, but they work, so why toss them out? Even with those calls, even with my old faithful calls, I like to have a month to get them back out of my vest, start putting them through their paces and working them through the different types of calls that I'll make so that I can refamiliarize myself with what each call is capable of 
and how it likes to be worked. Doing this helps me identify which of those calls have Yelp their last Yelp and get them replaced with enough time before the season. That month that I'm giving myself by checking them now, if I find that I do need to get a new call, that's plenty of time that I can order new calls from any custom call maker without being that jerk who needs something in a rush at the last minute during one of their busiest times of the year. Or I have my pick of retail calls available if I go to the store and I don't have to worry about scrambling to find something that's close enough, not quite the number of reads that I like, not quite the cut on the reads that I like, but I need to have something. And then I'm trying to figure out how to use that call to its best with it, you know, oftentimes probably a week or so left before season. One last thought on the subject of calls before we move to my third tip. Calls sound a world of different outside. So make sure you practice outside. Almost any call, I learned this long, long ago, way back in my waterfowling days, definitely um, showed this to be true. Calls usually all sound great inside. You've got really good acoustics. The sound's bouncing off all the different walls, ceilings, really enclosed spaces. So it sounds usually pretty good. And then you get outside and there's nothing for that sound to bounce off of. And you're working the call the same. You're like, man, this call sounds like shit right now. What's going on with this? Practicing outside will help you figure out how to make the sounds that you need to make on that call without being fooled by what they sound like inside. Sure, practice is practice. Um, Perfect practice makes perfect. Practice just makes permanent. So make sure that you get the, once you do get those calls, you get outside and test them outside, run them through all different sorts of scenarios. Um, Box calls. I mentioned that, you know, I generally use diaphragm calls. I carry a box call, but just like my locators, it's more because I feel like I have to have a box call on me. I can use a box call very well, but there are times where maybe I get a little excited. There's things happening in the woods and I've got a lot of adrenaline pumping through. That's going to change the way I hold the box call. Um, It's going to change how much pressure I might. If I am holding the call in my left hand with my fingers wrapped around it, the more tightly I grip that call is going to change the way the sound waves come off of that playing surface. As I'm running the paddle over the two edges, or usually the one edge, as I press in different spots along that side, I can make that call change how it sounds. So I want to make sure that I have tried everything, that I have tried to operate the calls with adrenaline running, that I have done them in calm situations, all different things. What I have realized is my box call, while box calls aren't usually what you're going to finish a bird with anyway, it's not the call that I'm going to grab in excitement and know that I can really run and sound good and not be missing notes. Um, I said one last thought on the subject. The last, last thought on this subject is 
Some of the worst turkey callers that I've heard have been real turkeys themselves. So even though we're talking about practicing outside, doing all these things, hitting all the right notes, you know, I don't want to screw up, but sometimes you're going to, and you just have to own it. Real turkeys sound like crap a lot of times when they're calling to each other. Final tip for this month. I said there are three things that you could do to prepare now for turkey season. Get your pack together and get all your gear together. Get the calls that you'll actually be hunting with and practice with them outside. The final piece to this is to start scouting. One of the great things about turkeys is once you've found them in a particular area, barring any major kill-offs or changes that impact their landscape, you can usually find them in that same general area each year. So start by looking for turkeys where you found them last year. Obviously, at this point, most turkeys are still in their winter flocks. Those winter flocks will break up and they'll spread out by the start of many, many seasons, but they don't typically leave an area altogether. They're in that area because it provides them with everything they need, food, water, cover, roost trees, whatever the case is. So they're likely not just going to abandon an entire area. And this time of year, you get out and start scouting now, the woods allow you to really see what that landscape looks like that you can't see after green up. So once you know an area holds turkeys, which is the number one requirement for consistent success, you could be a phenomenal caller, but if you're not hunting in an area with turkeys, you're just calling to trees. You need to start trying to narrow in on where the turkeys will be when you're hunting them. In my home state, um, we have some weird turkey rules. We can only hunt until 1 p.m. So for me, if I'm out scouting, seeing birds in the afternoon lets me know that I'm on the right track. I'm in the general area, but it doesn't help me know where to set up in the mornings. Now, there are a few spots we have found hold at least a small number of birds during season each year. So this is also a great time this month to get into those areas and make sure nothing has changed that could have pushed the birds out of that area that you find them so frequently. Um, it could be any number of things. We have had logging have a major impact on areas where we were assured we could go in and set up within 50 yards of any one given point that you wanted to drop on a map. And we were going to call turkeys in each year, have some sort of odds of success in that spot. The loggers came in that pushed the turkeys out for a few years. They changed their pattern. So even though we had been hunting this spot for literally decades, by the time logging came around, we had to adjust a little bit after the loggers came in. Other things like fire, storm damage, people building in an area, those can all adjust how turkeys use a particular area, even when you know they're there each and every year. So now's a great time to get out and prep a few spots to set up come season so you're not stumbling around making a bunch of noise, trying to do it in the dark by the light of that headlamp that you made sure was in your pack to help you get in that spot long before the turkeys start waking up. If you focus on these three activities now, getting your gear together, 
making sure that your calls are in good shape and sound how you expect them to. And you've got a few spots to focus your efforts on by the time season does roll around. You'll be better prepared to make the most use of your limited time this hunting season. If you'd like to take a look at some of the products that I mentioned in this episode, you can go to langia.com, check out their web store, the blog post. My column is right there uh, at the bottom of the homepage. Scroll down. There are links to several items to take you straight to them. So that's all available there. Again, this is something that I'm hoping to do once each month, have an episode where I'm just sharing my column on langia.com with you all. I really appreciate, as always, you all taking the opportunity to download, listen, subscribe. I would absolutely appreciate it if you told your friends about this podcast. This is for people who love all things outdoors. I focus on talking generally about the things I love. A lot of times that's going to be archery, that's going to be hunting related, but fishing, I mean, anything that gets people outside. If you know people who just love to be outside, please, please, please share this podcast with them. Ask them to go like and subscribe the podcast or subscribe to the podcast. If you or they want to find out more information about the show, if you would like to support the podcast, I appreciate any support that helps me offset the financial burden of being able to create the podcast for you all. Or if you just like to listen straight from the web, you can find all that information at thenemophilist.buzzsprout.com. From the website, you can also find all the different platforms the show's located on. Be sure to subscribe on all your favorite platforms. Tell your friends to do the same. Leave me a great rating and a review on what you love about the show. That definitely helps me carry on, continue to create this content, and make it available for each and every one of you. If you've got questions or feedback, if you have possible ideas on show topics or somebody who may make a great guest, yourself included, if you've got a story to share about the outdoors, I would love to hear it. You can email me at whizbangmedia, L-L-C, it's W-H-I-Z, bangmedia, L-L-C, at gmail.com. And be sure to follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching the.nemophilus.lc. You'll find some pictures. Uh, I don't just say these things would be great to do this past weekend. I took advantage of the really nice weather, got my son out. We went out to the woods, did a little preseason scouting. You'll see some pictures from that. We found turkey sign. We found some really cool stuff. So awesome time to be out in the woods. You can follow along semi-live on social media. Again, it's the.nemophilus.lc. And make sure you give those pages a like and a follow for me as well. As always, again, thank you all so much for your support. Until next time, get outside and enjoy the outdoors.